Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. In those crisis moments, he does his deepest works. King had died. He, had, he was a good king, but in a moment of disobedience, he crossed the line and suffered the judgment of God, and, and it shook the nation. This man, this good king named Josiah, had sent the prophet into a tailspin, and he went where we should go in a moment of crisis to a place of prayer. Reaching up high with arms open. Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Have you ever noticed that there are times when it is hard to pray? Have you ever noticed a spiritual battle during the times you want to carve out in your day to spend a moment with the Lord? Today, Pastor Ed will be reminding us that there is a reason the devil works so hard to make prayer a burden and to prevent us from approaching God. If Satan can prevent you from praying, he will essentially be preventing you from living a victorious Christian life. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith Moses felt the call of God to be a deliverer, to deliver the Israelites out of the Egyptian bondage that they were in. They had been in there for hundreds of years, 400 long years, but he ran ahead of God and was doing it his way at his time. And, and now, after 40 years on the backside of the wilderness, God spoke to him. And it was just an ordinary day. In chapter 3, verse 1, you, you see the picture. God speaks through the ordinary. Moses was tending his flock, the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert, came to Horeb, the mountain of God. It, it was a place he would have passed many times over those 40 years. It was a place that was just common to him. It was a bush, just an ordinary bush. Uh, the place wasn't Jerusalem. It was the backside of the desert. It's amazing how God will speak in very ordinary places, in very ordinary circumstances. And if we listen, it could make a world of difference in our lives. You're at home just cleaning up washing the dishes or vacuuming the floor or taking care of things. You're driving to work on going on Route 9 and suddenly there's a word from God. God will speak at very ordinary times. And those times will change you. Now, don't think, well, he only speaks to a certain category of people. No. Moses was uh, in the senior citizen club, 80 years old. Uh, Moses maybe felt his best days were behind. 
But with God, with God, he does amazing things. Who, for those who will simply listen, you may feel, I'm too young. Well, remember Samuel the prophet, just a young child in the, in the house of the Lord, hearing God's voice. So age, class, track record, uh, Discount all of those things because God is an amazing, amazing God. He will speak in, in amazing ways. Can I share a personal experience with you? Last week was some week for us. We were scheduled to take a plane out of Stewart Airport, Delta Airlines. We like Delta Airlines very much. But they never notified us, at least the agent never notified us, that the flight had changed. Now, I was there early. I said, boy, I want to make sure I'm not late. The flight's going to leave around 5.30. I'm going to be there by quarter after four or a little after four. Myra was already there ahead of me. We were ready to go to Louisville for a conference that we were supposed to be at, and we were going to meet with some colleagues there as well. And there we're trying to sign in and get the ticket and here the flight left at 1.30. So I said, well, I know Tim Harris, Pastor Tim Harris, he's leaving Newark. Maybe we could get there real quick. And so we made the arrangements. We made a flight arrangements to get there in Newark. And um, we, we got there about an hour early, but it was too late. And so we made arrangements for the next day. And the flight again was delayed. And then we just began to think, all right, Lord, what are you saying to us? And I came up, God's teaching us patience. <laughs> because we got to the conference late, but it was really good that when we finally got there. But everything was rerouted for us. So instead of going, uh, coming back through Detroit from, uh, to Stewart, we actually went down to Atlanta. And so we were walking down the corridor in Atlanta, and I began to pray. I said, Lord, speak, speak, speak to me. Help me hear your voice. Well, I saw a woman coming towards me, and it reminded me of someone who shared a dream with me. This woman came, was coming toward me, and she had the thickest glasses imaginable. I mean, it was like Coke, you know, Coke bottles. And then I looked more carefully, and it was a seeing eye dog leading her. And so I simply prayed, Lord, open my eyes. I want to see what you're saying to me. And God spoke to me about a number of things right there in that airport. He reminded me it was 20 years previous that I was there for a conference of pastors in Atlanta with promise keepers. 40,000 pastors and spiritual leaders gathered together in 1996 for a time of repentance, for a time of committing themselves to break down the walls that separate races, that separate communities. And I, there I'm going through, back then I was with a mentor, friend of mine, Ed Miller, and an African-American pastor, Ed Cross, and we formed a friendship. So I was thinking of it, that happened 20 years ago. Then I was thinking about here at the church because that week, while we were at the conference, we had uh, Pastor Hunt 
here and his church was at Castlekill using our facilities, having a wonderful luncheon. And I was thinking, God, God, we're building bridges. We're reaching out to churches. We're reaching out to communities. And here I was walking with an African-American scholar, Myra. And I was thinking about the project that we're doing to tear down walls, to better minister to people. And I was saying, wow. And then God began to speak to me about a whole bunch of things. God will say amazing things to us if we will simply listen and quiet our souls and say, open my ears, my eyes, and my heart to hear what you have to say. Sometimes it's a call to salvation. Some people have been on the fence and haven't yet committed their life to Christ. Often it's a call to go deeper in and further with our Lord. It can be a time where um, God's going to do something that maybe you dreamed about years ago and have forgotten over the years. I like what Elizabeth Barrett said, earth crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. Notice in the biblical text it says this, that God was watching Moses, and when Moses turned aside to look and to see, God spoke and said, you are on holy ground. God wants your attention. He wants you to turn aside and simply look and hear it's hear his voice, and he, in that moment, will show you this is holy ground, even in the Atlanta airport. God speaks in very common places. God speaks about extraordinary things to us in times we wouldn't even imagine. Here in the biblical text, God is going to fulfill a promise that he spoke hundreds of years before to Abraham. Let me read verses 7 to 11 in Exodus chapter 3. The Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because they're slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land flowing with milk and honey. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I've seen the way the Egyptians oppress them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh and bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. Now, remember Moses is going to argue the case. He's not a good speaker. He sees himself as his best years behind Don't argue with God. Don't argue with him. God can do extraordinary things if we will listen. That day, that moment, Moses' whole life was changed. Not only his life, but the life of the nation of Israel. It had a domino effect. When you listen to the voice of God and obey his voice, and you hear him deep in your soul and say, yes, yes, yes to your will and to your way. It changes everything about everything. There's this domino effect. 
the lives of your children, the lives of your spouse, the lives of your family, the lives of your friends are contingent so very often on your listening to the voice of God. So when you see those common days, prepare, prepare to hear God's voice. God also speaks in those crisis moments where we feel like everything is closing in on us. In fact, I think in those crisis moments, he does his deepest works. King had died. He, had, he was a good king, but in the moment of disobedience, he crossed the line and suffered the judgment of God, and, and it shook the nation. This man, this good king named Josiah, had sent the prophet into a tailspin, and he went where we should go in a moment of crisis to the place of prayer, to the place of the altar. And, and the story is told in Isaiah 6.1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. What happens in that moment? He meets with God and sees God in a new way. The Bible says this encounter with God is described. Above him was seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. Two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. They were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. He suddenly saw the holiness of God in the moment of despair. The holiness of God and the greatness of God in the moment of weakness in the government. See, we sometimes see God as a grandfather who indulges his children and hands out blessings arbitrarily. We might see him as someone's very distant not involved in, in our lives. But in this moment, Isaiah is going to see God in a new way. He's going to hear the angels talk about God's attribute of holiness. And you, you only find this when God's especially emphasizing something. We're three times holy, holy, holy. Isaiah's favorite name for God becomes the Holy One of Israel. When, when you wind up seeing God for who he is, it changes you, changes you. We can simply go through life step by step, day by day, oblivious to heaven's realities, and earth seems so, well, so powerful and so important to us not realizing that there's a heaven and there's an eternity and there's an almighty God. And suddenly Isaiah is going to recognize the Holy One of Israel. It changes your life when you experience the presence of God. It changes you. When you have that encounter with God, you change on the inside. And that's what happened with him. Watch his response. He says, woe to me. He has an encounter with himself. I cried, I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord. 
Almighty. What happens is we generally go through life comparing ourselves with ourselves. We generally go through life dull of spirit, and, but when we see God, suddenly we have self-revelation. You can't encounter God without seeing something about yourself. When you encounter God, suddenly you realize, oh, Lord, I'm a sinful man. As people encounter God's presence, what often will happen, and when there are these times of crisis where there's a crushing in our lives, what generally happens is there's a death to self and a resurrection of the new man inside of us. That death to self causes us and is happening when all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you've heard a drowning man suddenly sees his whole life go before him. In a moment, a prognosis of your soon death or something like that suddenly causes you to think about life. And in a moment's time, you, you could remember events from childhood and youth and teenage years and all the way through the journey. In a moment's time, it just sort of crowds right in. See, when a person sees the holiness of God, they see on suddenly themselves and they realize how sinful they are and it will weigh you down because God's wanting a resurrection. He's taking you to the cross. You're feeling the weight of your sin. And in that moment, you realize, oh God, I am so unworthy. This could go on for moments, it can go on for days, it can go on for weeks, it can go on for months, where God is doing surgery in the inner man. And then what happens in his life is there's a transformation. The angel takes a coal from off the altar of God. The, the, the text describes that one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar, and he touches the prophet's mouth. Now that must have burned. Touch your tongue, your lips with that coal. Wow! It hurts when God does the purging on the inside. It hurts. What God is doing at that moment is he is teaching you to walk and to live by grace as he cleanses you in that moment of this grace receiving. The altar, a call from the altar is touching your life and that burning is going on on the inside where he's deepening the work of sanctification. He's deepening the work of holiness. So when you begin to walk and live in this Christian life, what happens is you realize, and, and, and Isaiah, remember, was a prophet. He had been ordained to the ministry, to use our terminology. He was one of the great prophets of his time. His book, the book of Isaiah, so influential through the centuries. He was a, a preacher's preacher, speaking prophetic into the future. And, and something is happening still in his life when he encounters God. See, God's not finished with you. God's not finished. He, he does this work all through the journey. From the time we take our first breath, God is involved in every step, to the time we take our last breath and we're ready to enter heaven. 
And here's Isaiah the prophet realizing that he must walk and live on a platform of grace all of his days. The longer you live, the more you become a debtor to grace, God's amazing grace. The longer you live, the more you recognize the only way you could stand before an almighty, holy God is by and through God's amazing grace to you. Everything we have, everything comes as a gift from God and is paid in full by the death of Jesus on the cross. So in the crisis season of life, God has a word for you. And sometimes that's the deepest word, purging, changing, remaking, molding your life. In the common days where you simply are going through the routine of life, there may be a burning bush where God is trying to get your attention. Son, my daughter, I have a purpose, plan. And then there's this time of consecration when God speaks to us because there are seasons in our life that God comes in and speaks and shakes us up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. He comes and shakes you up. That was Joshua's time. Joshua was about to go into the promised land. He was about to take people to fulfill the purpose for which they had been called by God. Could they get there on their own? No, no, no. It takes a supernatural work of God to get you where you need to be, to do what you need to do, to have what you need to have. And here Joshua calls to the people. He speaks to them about consecration. God speaks in the consecrated seasons of life. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. When when we consecrate ourselves, that means we devote ourselves to seeking God. The study of the word, prayer, obeying his voice, endeavoring to walk with him. In Colossians 3, verses 12 to 13, it says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, making allowance for each other's faults, forgiving anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. You must forgive Others, there's this time where God calls us to a consecration. There are things that we have to leave behind. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's things that we shouldn't be involved in. It. Maybe it's uh, worldly pursuits. God says, consecrate yourself. If you're going to go into that promised land, if you're going to go into that place that God has prepared for you, consecrate yourself. And then the text says, for tomorrow... The Lord will do amazing things among you. He's going to take them places that they could have never gone on their own. He's going to enable them to do things that they could never have done in and of themselves. Listen, listen. What is God saying to you? Can you hear his voice? Is he calling you at this moment to a place of consecration? Is he saying, 
want things to fall out of your life and off of your life and pursuits to end and other pursuits to take their place. We want to encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. We know that God's Word never returns void. We've made it really simple. Visit buildinginfaithradio.com and click on today's date. Then, you can share today's message to your Facebook page and Twitter feed, or even download a copy to share. Again, that's all available at buildinginfaithradio.com. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through this special three-part series entitled, Can You Hear His Voice? Right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.